Hello, everyone. Um, a little disclaimer or info um, while editing this episode. In the episode, we talk about the festival happening and um, we talk about the month of December, which was obviously meant to be December 2020 and not this year, because Kata and her company, they were supposed to perform at the festival, but obviously um, they didn't come since we had to do an online format, just so you don't get confused when we talk about those things. <laughs> We're talking 2020, not 2021. And um, yeah, but we wanted to release the episode anyways, because it's a really, really interesting one. And we hope you enjoy it. Um, hello and welcome everyone to the Meet the Artist podcast. My name is Josa Kölbel. And I'm Leah. With Meet the Artist, we want to invite you to take a plunge down the rabbit hole into the strange, fascinating and magical world of circus. And we're super happy to have today with us Kata from Cirque Olga Analogic um, from Barcelona. Hi. <laughs> um, Kata, could you um, say who you are maybe and present yeah. yourself a bit? Yes. So, yeah, my name is, well, everyone calls me Kata, but I'm Catalina. And I was born in Uruguay, like my partner from my company. We're bo both from Uruguay. And we have traveled a lot. We did a circus school in France, in Toulouse, called Lido. And now we live in Barcelona. So we are kind of Uruguayan, but from everywhere at the same time. And I do trapeze, fixed trapeze. And I dance. I studied a lot of contemporary dancing in parallel to circus. And I really like movement research. And I also do a little bit of music. It's more Ale like the music produce, producer, but I sing and I do stuff with my voice and a little bit of sound also. Yeah. Nice. nice. And um, you're coming to Berlin Circus Festival this year as a work in, to present a work in progress. And it's yeah. also in the frame of the Circus Next platform. Yeah. Um, the Circus Next was, we had it already last week um, with Kami. Uh, it's, um, it's basically a European platform to support emerging artists. And in this frame, um, you come to present your work for um, one, one hour, something like this. <laughs> What we will present in December is... Yeah, it's 40 minutes. 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't have one hour yet. <laughs> <laughs> we will, I hope. I hope we will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about this work that you do, the work in progress and the yeah. project? Yeah. Um, so it's a show we started to imagine when we were in the last year of, of school in Lido. And it, it has changed a lot because a lot of things happened in between life and coronavirus and <laughs> all that. So we, we have been working in that for almost one year and a half, but really not, not working all the time, like going and stopping, so quite irregular. Um, it's a show that talks about our, our generation, 
-hmm. We wanted to speak about us and our friends and the way we see the world, the fears we have, the dreams we have, and how how do you receive and process all this information that we that we that we receive every day from from social media and the news and TV and, and like this big mountain of information that we get every day, how we process it and how we put it in our, our bodies and make it movement and service. So it's about that. And we do music on stage, live music. All the sound comes from us. Alisa Juggler, he does, uh, how do you say, clubs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, basically that. So we, I think we will do the, the premiere in like one year, but it's not fixed yet. But oh. we, we are really happy because now we are starting to work again. We have, we have stopped for six months this mm. year. And now we have an external eye, so it's, it's going to, to go fast. Oh, and we are happy. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And what was the inspiration to do a piece like this? To because, as you said, it's like to the the topic alone of how our generation sees the world or feels things mm. and um, is dealing with things. Such a massive, massive topic. Mm, um, yeah, and it could be about yeah. basically anything. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it is everything. But. Like each scene of the show speaks about a different subject, actually. And each scene, it's it's quite political, but each scene speaks about something that is going on in the world. Gender, immigration, uh, technology, anxiety, I don't know, like mm. each scene. So it is really big. It's like... We, we can do anything, so it's quite hard, but it's fun. <laughs> and that, yeah, the inspiration, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's for us making something on stage makes sense if, if it helps people ask, ask questions and, and think, basically. We, we, we don't believe in this circus that, that is just pretty, you know, like, like we, We would like to pass a message and also be a mirror mirror for the audience. Like people can see themselves reflect, reflected in us and not feel so alone. And like, I don't know, after the show, discuss about the world and life. I don't know. I guess that's the inspiration. Mm. And also for us, it's, it's quite therapeutic, you know, like, yeah. Mm. Mm. Being millennials, looking looking for to identify or search the individuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that. I think yeah. everyone can relate to that. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I had a question. I don't know if it's um yeah. Would you say because the yeah the branding of a millennial is uh, worldwide? I guess. But would you perceive it as a different branding here in Europe and in South America, Uruguay? Mm. Well, there are differences, of course, because it's a different context. But I think it's worldwide 
because the world is so globalized that we we get the same information and well south america was colonized by europe so our education is quite european also you know like the books we we read the the history we study at school it's european so in the end it's not so different maybe every day's life it's a little bit different because it's a different context but our personalities stay quite close i think and the way we perceive the world and the fears and the dreams we have are quite similar mm -hmm. and so also the perception of millennials because i mm -hmm. think the general perception is quite negative yeah outside yeah, yeah, the yeah. millennial age group <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah i agree I think um, there was one topic I had uh, in a conversation two days ago. There was a bit the question of um, the conflicts that generations have. And that was definitely from a German perspective, saying that our grandparents' um, conflicts basically were to find identity and survive after the war and recreate everything. And then our parents' conflict was with their parents and finding cultural identity and the 68 uh, kind of movement. And then came the question, what would be our generation's conflict? So uh, we don't, I have the feeling at least for us in Germany here is very, is more simple. There is not, there is not this huge thing that is so present is maybe, maybe the question of media. Like yeah. like this, exactly what are media telling us? What are the role models? What are the directions? And um, it is definitely a, a very strange question and direction to go, I find, to go yeah. against media, which are everywhere, and question the information that we get in this absolute information overload. Mm. Yeah. And I think what you said... It's true and it's very important because in South America it was the same because it wasn't war there, but there were dictatorships, so it's quite the same. And we were like the generation of peace, you know, the ones that don't have... We had democracy, we had good parents that fought for the rights in the 70s, we had good education, we had like a lot of freedom. And I think there were so many expect expectations for us. Like we were the generation of the future, the new millennium, the technology, like they, I don't know. Like, and, and I think society put so many expectations on us that we got lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I really I, feel it like that. Like, okay, you have everything, you can do whatever you want. Okay, I don't know who off. I am. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also yeah. think like the the conflict of our generation is with the with ourselves. Yeah, because we actually yeah. are the first generation that really has the freedom and the ability because of the circumstances that we grew up in and that we live in to actually think about who we are, what we want, mm. um, and I don't know things like doing a therapy. Um, like dealing or acknowledging that you have anxiety or depression or fears and struggle. And like our main goal is not to make the world um, or make the, the place that we live in 
peaceful or to end dictatorships or war and things like this. And mm. so I think we have the space to actually like be in conflict with ourselves because we aim for more like for a higher self kind of yeah. sounds a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. cheesy, but yeah. yeah. And I think things like technology and media and stuff that also plays in this thing, in this conflict. Mm. Yeah. I guess that that's why they say we are narcissistic because we are really focused about ourselves. But I don't think it's bad in this context, you know, like it's not a bad thing. It's something that history and society puts us a place that we are forced to be like, okay, who I am, what do I want to do? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because there's so many information and options everywhere. And we are so like education has become something crazy. Also, like people study for 10 years in high level university we have 20 degrees we are really well prepared and then we don't get a job like it's a lot of pressure yeah mm -hmm. mm. yeah and also our life concepts are just very very different like mm -hmm. i really don't know anyone who would be absolutely happy and satisfied with getting married and having children and living in a house mm. with a picket fence and a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that just changed too. Yeah. yeah. And also oh. gender. That's like mm. the big aspect that I found super fascinating about um, your show and also your solo uh, mm. things. Yeah. Um, and with that and the millennial aspect came a question um, that is quite complex, I think, but maybe you can answer because we have time now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And the question is, how does um, the fact that you are a millennial and so you live in a time where there is more to gender than just the binary um, And there's more available also to, to read about, to know about, to exchange experiences, to actually be in contact with yourself and explore. Um, and so one thing, the millennial, the other thing um, that you're in the circus world where gender is, I think, in general, more fluid, maybe. Um, and how does that affect your view on gender and gender fluidity or the mm. non-binary? Yeah. Um, I guess it's, well, I will start answering by my own history. Like I, I'm bisexual and I have been like that all my life. So gender and gender identity and sexuality has been first a conflict, but always a question. And I always read a lot of books and I was surrounded by people who were searching this and trying to find answers. So I, I got a lot of information from the, from the feminist, from the trans feminist uh, movements that are quite contemporary, not the first wave or the second, but the latest waves of feminism that talks about this, about non-binary and like, fluid gender 
and freedom in the end. So when I when I when I got that information, I felt so free that I wanted to to talk about this on stage. You know that in the end, we we are all humans. We are all both feminine and masculine, and we have both energies. That when we, I believe this, that when we are born, we have both energies in in harmony and then society puts you in one side and tells you to block one energy because you are a female or a man and you become like really in one side and that's i think it's really toxic and really confusing so when i did this scene it was a research for going back to the to the center and like embrace my masculinity and my femininity and show that in the end we are quite androgynous everyone and non-binary so it's not about about trans transgender it's about me me as a person like embracing mm. both of my energies and if i have to relate that to millennials i think it's we are both we are every everyone every one of us are in that research that we had already in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s a big fight of a lot of people to to get rid of of stereotypes and to get rights and to be heard and now we have the path the the clean path to to accept who we are in a more free way i don't know if it's clear what i'm saying yeah <laughs> yeah totally okay yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and with circus, I don't know how to relate this with circus. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, because I, yeah. Um, me. Maybe to just um, throw in just a thought in this regarding the circus world. Um, mm. Also, the representation that you put on stage with, uh, especially to have a beard. Mm. I think in circus there's this little mix and also this. Uh, duality of thinking of or representation of women I find as well there's this traditional one of kind of the images of the bearded woman or the strong woman or mm. the daredevil woman and doing dangerous or hard um, disciplines and I was wondering a bit um, if these images were kind of regarded or put also in this in the circus, as circus is also a space of um, presenting um, people out out of the norms of society. Norms yeah, and, yeah, uh, of course. And, and yeah. So, so in in some way, a bit of a weird thinking, maybe that in this circus world is presented as something uh, in maybe inclusive, but also putting a stamp on it then mm. in the past as freaks, you know, yeah. or yeah. out of the norms. And here you can come and see these weird people. And yeah. um, I find it really interesting now to put it, to, to put it on stage like this and mm. um, present it in this context and really yes. state it clearly. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's important that, women in circus we have muscles and we have big bodies and we get a little bit we are far from feminine stereotypes i think sometimes because we are quite under i don't know people call it masculine i don't think it's masculine but it's it's far from a 
stereotype women. And I think it, it what I do speaks about that also, like showing my body, look how different it is. And it's beautiful. It, mm-hmm. it's, it stays beautiful and it's really aesthetic and it's not what you see in magazines, but it's still a woman mm-hmm. and she's strong and she's beautiful. And I think circus can be really empowering in, in that sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And, and, and I think it's something like women in circus, sometimes we are even ashamed of, you know, I have to hide my muscles because I look like a guy or I will train a little bit. Uh, I will train less because I will get too big. You know, the, the, there's a lot of these like traumas and, and insecurities. And I think we have to stop with that because we are so strong. <laughs> It's nice to show it and it's inspiring yeah. for other women also. Definitely. And it is true, like you say, it's such a huge topic for so many women. Like so many women I know in the circus world struggle with this image and also take this image as a topic. And often it turns out like there's a really wonderful show by a Chinese pole artist who does a solo. And she's also transforming on stage with the back to the audience, transforming into, in this case, really into a man. And um, because of her body and her muscles. And mm. I think she's, yeah, she's kind of identifying in this and trying to find her place. And I think this uh, approach of saying that we, from birth on, we have both aspects, feminine and masculine, in ourselves. Mm. And then it's a question of how, how do we place ourselves? How do we present ourselves and how to feel it and accept it and kind of blend out the society's norms, I think is very interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's also, it's funny actually. Like I, I laugh about that also because it's like telling people, look, I put a special lightning and I contract my muscles and I'm a man. So it means gender definitions are really stupid. Like if I can break them, like changing a light and contracting my bodies because they are really not true, you know? So I think this is a nice message. Yeah. So crazy because to, to come back to the thing that you two said, that a lot of women in circus um, are self-conscious about their bodies because they're so masculine, uh, not mm. masculine, muscular. Mm. Um, it's so crazy to me because... Uh, During the circus festival, like a lot of um, women work and help, and a lot of us are not in circus at all. Um, and especially for people who are a little bit bigger, it's always this thing like, oh, here come the beautiful circus girls with their amazing bodies. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And seriously, like we... I think every year we have crushes on the sort of female <laughs> artists. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh my God, look at her. <laughs> She's so beautiful. And yeah, for us, like the, the circus women, if you want to call it that, um, are like the, the, the perfect, um, image kind mm. of. Mm. Um, because they're strong, they're feminine, they um, often um, uh, fulfill like the stereotypical uh, 
picture of what a woman's body should look like. Um, and they're creative and everything. They Most of them can dance and can move mm. and things like this. And so it's so weird to hear that even people who in my eyes basically reach the goal of what it means to be a woman mm. to society, not personally, yeah. but to society, are still so insecure and think they are not womanly enough because they're, they have muscles. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so it's crazy, but that's crazy. because yeah. women are raised to be insecure. Like mm. they, 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 I don't know. No matter what you do, you will be insecure because you will never be perfect enough. This is the message we get all our lives. Mm. I, I even think if you talk to a top model, like magazine top model, she will be insecure also because perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. and also there is the thing in the circus world which is basically structural already that in many kind of leading positions or the there are men and especially more into the traditional or the cabaret scene there is a clear image of a woman which is more I don't know with stereotypes out of circus I think which demands of the woman to be super feminine. Mm. mostly almost always sexy revealing half naked um, half naked um yeah. and, this and not is half off- naked in a way that it's uh <laughs> like <laughs> no, no. an artistic choice <laughs> no no no, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and and please open your hair etc is it's like this exists and this is very present in in many places in circus i think yeah 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 mm. and i think this is um I think there's a quite big chance um, in contemporary circus as you are your own creators and you can choose your team and you have this freedom to also find a platform to um, present yourself and present yeah. yourself the way you want. And like this open up also the towards a different perception of the public. Yeah. Because I do trust that the public is actually very very open and very interested in uh, in perceiving new ideas or not new ideas but different ones then programmers think are <laughs> are the ones that should be presented mm. including me <laughs> yeah i think i think contemporary circus gives us this possibility of getting a little bit far from the um, from the traditional way of being aesthetic and show more humanity and fragility. Like for, for me and Ale, that's the, that's the more most important thing. Like for me, the most beautiful thing you can see in a stage is someone being honest and fragile and human. And I think that's, that's what, what has changed in circus since the contemporary circus appeared. It's not anymore about doing just a choreography and being pretty, but like showing who you are and speaking about humans. Mm. 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 And have you, or sorry. No, I finished. I think it's much more touching for an audience to see something they can relate to than to see a superhero hero that do stuff that they will never be able to do. Like almost a, an alien, you know, 
like it was before. For me, it's important that even if we do like amazing stuff, like people should be able to see their self reflected on us. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. How's um, how's your perception? Because have you, uh, when you perform uh, extracts of your work already, or when you're communicating with residency places or future partners, um, how's the how are you? How is your performance received? Mm. How how it, are they reacting to all these topics? It's nice. Uh, it, it's been nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like it. It's. It's different because I think it's circus, but at the same time, it's not because it's also music. It's also a concert. It's also dancing. It's also performance. I don't know. It's a lot of stuff, but so people are, they like it, but it's strange, <laughs> you know, sometimes like, is this circus? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. I like it. But first I need to an explanation sometimes because we don't do circus in the way they imagine it in their heads. But I think that's happening with circus now everywhere that circus is getting far from circus actually. And I think that's, that's good for evolving. I think there is something that happened with dance and with theater before that we have to get away a little bit of the, of the essence of the thing to, to get new, new ideas and new ways. And maybe then we will come back to circus. But I think it's important to get a little bit far. Mm. Mm. And do you think that is happening with other people in the circus world too? Because mm. like, honestly, I'm my, my knowledge about circus is basically based on the circus festival. Mm. <laughs> and so yeah. what Yosa chooses is what I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, um, and like, in, as far as I can tell, a lot of the, the, um, companies who performed at the circus festival up until now, um, were on the search for that other level and, um, like the, the deeper meaning kind of behind what they do and transporting that. And also, um, like societal issues and, mm. um, what we talked about. Um, and so is there a development in, in that direction? Do you think in circus, in contemporary circus? I, I didn't understand the question. Sorry. Oh, good. <laughs> and you basically, do you think, um, that there's a development or a movement in the contemporary circus where it's going to the direction that you are going to as well? Uh, yeah, I think it's a small group of people, but I think there is a movement. It's not massive. It's quite underground, <laughs> but I think it's, it's starting to happen in the political way, but also in what I said before that people are trying to Uh, approach to other deep disciplines, artic, visu um, uh, plastic and visual arts, music, dance, theater. Like it's not, we are starting to break the circus ghetto. And I think that's very important, like as a language that we have to fusion with other disciplines to expand. And I think mm -hmm. it's starting to happen because we are getting, I think it's a, 
we are getting a little bit more humble also because it's hard when you go on stage and you do a lot of amazing things with your body you want to show them you want to do your technique and your discipline and show it show that you're strong but i think there's a important work that we have to do with ourselves to get a little bit more humble and to put the the energy in the artistic and in the message and in in the aesthetic and not only in olympic game kind of not not only showing language. off what you can do yeah. with your body yeah 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 and i think it started to happen little by little especially i don't know but i have seen it more in france uh but maybe there are people in other countries doing that also <laughs> but uh, yeah hmm. I think it's also always it has to do a bit with this that I think there are since years already companies who are trying to go different ways mm. and regarding more the political um, realm regarding the technical or the performance realm where different performing arts or different arts in general influence the thing that happens on stage I think this has been on happening already since a while um, but regarding the political one, the actual political themes, I think there are not so many performances yet, like you say, mm. um, or there like all the time since years already a few. But what I realize also, for example, in the context of Circus Next, for example, there are often some performances who have this, who mm. want to push more. But the problem is always to find um, the spaces for the artist yeah. to perform um, for programs to include uh, performances and this I think is a struggle a bit to how to yeah. present how to, or in, in what context to it's not, it's not how to present but in what context to have uh, curators who choose to give this space and give yeah. this context and for the artists to find a place where to, where to present their work Yeah, and yeah, yeah. maybe a question to you, Yosa, real quick, because I think it's really interesting in that context. Um, why do you choose to present work like this at the festival? Um, it's it always is like the choices what we talked about already in this other episode with uh, Hannes. It's um, the choices in the program are really quite a global decision basically on very different aspects of aesthetics or what is presented on stage but the the core of everything is really also what you said Kata that is uh, that is authentic that people can present their authentic work whatever it is really and um i'm quite interested in this where where can an audience arrive to and how to push everyone audience artists and us our uh, as programmers how to push ourselves to a limit and uh, in order to learn and to develop and um, I, that's why i'm interested but i is not necessarily choosing the performances because of their political statements mm. is choosing the performances because of the performance itself And I'm happy if there is something that's a political and that is actually communicating something. And this 
just basic message art has a role also to fulfill, especially now to push boundaries and teach and educate in some way or offer new perspectives. Yeah, because it's, it's such a privilege. I always try to remind myself this. It's such a privilege to get on stage and be watched and heard by so many people so many times in, in, in your life. So what do you want to say? Mm. <laughs> like, this is what I try to remind me all the time. And it's, it's humbling also, is what I said before. Okay, I want to be pretty and I want to get applause and fans and that that that's not important. I try to push that away and okay, what do I want to say? What can I give them? Because they will be sitting there for an hour watching me. So <laughs> I think it's a big question that mm. we don't have to forget. Yeah. Mm. Especially the humble part. Yeah. That's really because uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. as a singer, like of course the most fun for me is to belt stuff out and to sing really loud and really strong mm. and <laughs> but that's mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to be humble and to also do the yeah the more quiet parts and yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it, it really helps me to when I think about this to remember when I was a teenage And I was really mad at the world and I was rebel and I had all these questions. And the only thing that helped me was to get in my room and put music because I, 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 I felt like the bands that I, I listened to punk music and I felt like they were saying what I was thinking. So I wasn't alone. And there was, there was someone some, somewhere mad like me and we were together. So the world was not over. And I, I start to, I, I try to remember that all the time, that feeling, because I think art is about that, you know, to, to connect with people. And mm. so they don't feel so alone and then they get empowered and confident to go to the world and do stuff. I think it should be that. Mm. Mm. Well, that is a very... <laughs> Very nice answer already to our, I think, basically question that can kind of connect a bit to that um, is kind of the closing question um, in this realm, maybe what is uh, what is circus for you and uh, what does the term rediscover circus mean to you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think what I just said is the best I can answer <laughs> because it's not, I have, I have troubles with the circus ghetto and with the circus label because I feel a circus artist, but not so much. I'm every year. I feel like I get closer to circus, but also more far away from circus that, because I, I feel that I'm very connected with music and with dancing and with theater and that everything is the same in the end. So maybe I have, to, if I have to talk about, so if I have to answer this question, it's more, more about what is art for you. And I think it's that it's a tool of communication and empowerment and freedom and yeah, to communicate and to get together and to 
build an opinion and and fight for something for me it should be that it's not that all the time <laughs> yeah but it should be that and i think what is nice about circus that it's happening now is what i said before that we are we are starting to fusion with all other disciplines so we we are if we if we are brave enough to do that we can be really empowered because we will meet a lot of people with genius ideas and a lot of creativity and do really powerful stuff but i think we have to get out of the ghetto and like being confident that it it will stay circus forever but we have to get a little bit far i think and open our minds a little bit more and that is also what the sentence or the hashtag of the festival rediscover circus Mm. could mean to you that it's like the new thing oh, where yeah, yeah. different art forms come together and fusion into basically not really a new thing but a more whole thing maybe yeah i think it's that it's totally that i said like we have to kill the mother and the father <laughs> I, I, i really feel that <laughs> we have to kill circus we have to kill it so it reburns. Re i don't know Yeah, mm. and it won't die, but we have to kill it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, then, thank you very, very much yeah, for thank your you. time. Thank you. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> This podcast is mastered by Elias Zander, music by Jody Little. We are Lea and Yosa. Stay fly and see you next week. Bye.